Hi, this is Rosalinda, the host of Faith Fuel Podcast, the show where we hear voices of people transforming the world for Jesus. Pastors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and world changers. So sit down, relax, or keep it driving. It's time to get some wholehearted, wide open, and yes, sometimes side splitting encouragement and direction for your life. So get ready to get fired up. Have you ever read a Christian book that changed your life? Well, today in the studio, I have a great friend, Michelle Lazuric, who is not only an author, but she's actually a literary agent. You want to get to somebody like that. Well, I have read Christian books, Michelle, that have just revolutionized my life, my walk with the Lord. I'm an author, um, but you're an author. So first of all, thanks so much for coming to be with us it's today. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we are together. Um, we're actually in Delaware at a great Christian authors event. And um, I got to ask you, first and foremost, um, why do you think Christian books are even important? I think literacy in general is so important. We get taught that since we're little kids about reading and the importance of words coming to life on a page. Um, I think I love personally nonfiction books because I get to learn. So it's constantly that cycle of learning new things. It's almost like what Paul said in scriptures about wanting, asking for the scrolls, but then also the parchments. It's like whatever we learn, we write down. Reading part of it is, to me is so important. And even as an author too, it's important for me to be reading and writing. Um, so, so true, yeah. Michelle. You know, when you, when I became a Christian, I was really young. Um, my dad was a pastor. I grew up in church my whole life, but I felt like I constantly needed to grow in my faith. And so this is something I really, really push with our audience is that we can't just get saved and not educate ourselves because it's yep. going to increase your faith. Well, Christian books is a big deal for you because you actually help Christian authors. And um, so a lot of you guys have asked me like, man, I really would love to write a book. How do I go about doing that? So Michelle, I'm going to ask you, I mean, first of all, you're an author. What made you want to write a book? Well, that actually came to me out of nowhere. <laughs> um, I felt a calling to start writing uh, back in 2009 at a women's retreat. And I had never written anything before in my life. So that was huge. I had nowhere, I had no idea where to start, um, had no idea what I was doing, but I was kind of praying and I was waiting and I was just saying, okay, God, what do you have for me? So I was looking at scriptures and started reading the book of John and took notice of how many times he called himself the disciple whom Jesus loved. And I thought, well, that's really prideful. Like wow. who, right? who uh -huh. says that about themselves? And I figured there's gotta be 10, 20 books on the subject. There was nothing. There were no, Beth Moore had just come out with her study maybe a few months prior, that was it. Right. So I'm thinking to myself, well, there has to be a reason why he repeats it so many times. I think it's like 13 times or something within the gospel. And I thought, okay, let me take a look. So I started getting out the commentaries and I started just reading it. And I just came to the understanding that he said that about himself because he understood it was almost like he was the favorite child. Mm. Like he was the favorite disciple because he had this deep love and this intimacy with God. And uh, and I love that part of it. And so that was kind of what I wrote about was about love and the deep understanding between, uh, you know, a disciple and, and God and the deep love that he has for us. So that's how I got started. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. It's like, okay, I get an inspiration in the writing and then I would do that writing and then another one come and another one come. So um, yeah, so steps of obedience, baby steps, they all count. 
So where did that lead you? What is your first book? My first book was Becoming a Disciple Whom Jesus Loved. Okay, I right. self-published that in 2011. And then I just went from there. I started writing about my passion. I love um, inspiring uh, leaders. I'm a pastor's wife myself. Okay. So, oh, um, wow. Yep. So like, so, wow, we have a whole nother conversation. Yeah. So I love the church. Um, I love, you know, inspiring Christians. Um, that's kind of why I speak to, particularly those who have been in ministry for a long time and leaders um, and those kind of uh, audiences. And so for me, I just started writing to those people. So um, I started writing to the people who I love. And that's kind of how things got started. Michelle, where's y'all's ministry? Where's your church? Um, I'm currently in Coopersburg, Pennsylvania. Um, And uh, yeah, we pastor at, my husband and I pastor a church there. So did you marry your youth pastor? Is that the story? (laughs) That's the goods. Tell me about where you met Not (laughs) quite. Not quite. Um, I actually, well, part of my testimony is I was raised Catholic and kind of was feeling a knocking on my heart, probably my junior year of high school, just feeling like um, I wanted more out of my faith. I went to church, loved it, but it kind of was thinking God was kind of knocking on my heart to kind of get me to take that next step of faith. And I started attending a youth group um, in a local church, a Protestant church um, that was led by my now husband. Um, And so that's how I met him. And um, just a few years later, uh, actually about a year later, I gave my life to the Lord. And then um, I told my parents a few months after, and uh, they were far from thrilled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so that kind of culminated in a lot of difficult season in my life. And probably about two years after that, um, they actually threw me out of my home for being a Christian. So that was really tough. But you know what? The scriptures for me never came more alive than in that season. Um, I don't think you can go through a trial like that and not believe that the Bible is what it is and, and right. you have to cling to it and it has to be real or else what are we doing this for? Right. Um, and so although there was a really difficult time in my life, I see what God did and how much he used it and how much even in the beginning of my uh, faith journey, how closely I had to cling to him because he was all I had. Um, and so it's been so um, amazing to be on this this journey of, of uh, uh, almost 25 years now. And you know, it's in our valleys. It's in those trying times. You know, you might be listening today. You might be watching it and going, who her? She couldn't have a problem, but she had to overcome something. And sometimes that rejection uh, leaves us wondering, you know, God, you know, why did I need to go through this? I'm turning to you and yet I'm facing all of that. And I know, uh, Michelle, that you have put that into the words of your books. And that's why I'm so passionate about the Christian writing writings and Christian books, because there's some tears that have been shed when we write books. There's prayers that have gone over that. And so many people ask, well, how, you know, my faith feels kind of weak right now in this season. How do I increase my faith? How do I grow in the Lord? And I promise you that any good lesson you're going to get out of Michelle's books or my books is because we went through something that was tough, but we overcame. And I want you to know that you are an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. Hey, Michelle, let me ask you a question. Um, A lot of people ask me, you know, or they mention like, I have a great book. I really want to write a book, um, but they don't know the steps. And you're actually a literary agent. So you're you're an author. So you've been on both sides of the fence. So you know the pain. Um, What would you tell somebody that says, uh, Michelle, I have a book? What would their first steps be? If they haven't ever written anything before, I would say start off with one 
event, one scene that you want to include in the book. So if it's uh, fiction, you know, think about your main character and think about that one main scene of which your book is based. If it's nonfiction, think about that one idea that goes along with your major theme of your book and start writing about that. You want to show versus tell. You want to show, evoke the emotion, uh, make sure people can see it, hear it, smell it, taste it, the works. Um, you think about any television show or, or book or movie that you love, it's what hooks you in. It's that beginning scene that kind of drags you into the, the book or the story and never lets you go. Right. And that's what we as authors are called to do is to kind of hook you in, kind of drag you in to make you keep turning those pages. So that's what I would say is write that one event, keep crafting it, and then go to the next and go to the next. Like for me, when I was writing, I, I mean, I had very limited time. I worked part-time. So for me, I didn't have a lot of time to do writing, but I wanted to be obedient. So I step, did one um, I shot for 2,000 words a chapter, um, started with one story, then I went to- How many words a chapter? What did you just say? Uh, if, I, if I shot for 2,000 words at that point- Okay, yeah. I want you to hear that, guys. 2,000 yeah. words a chapter. Yeah. Okay, because you cannot bring a one-sheet piece of paper, right? Nope. <laughs> You've got to have some meat yeah. in there. Absolutely, so. yeah. Wow, that's yeah. a lot of words. Okay, yeah, 2,000. Yep. I mean, most trade books, nonfiction, are 3,500. 3, yeah. So, yeah. So even at 2,000, at least you're getting your feet wet. You're getting yourself. Right. But then it helps you see, okay, do I have enough for a book? Because a lot of times people have an idea, but it's not, It's maybe it's a set of articles or maybe it's not a block, but it's not a book. So when you do that 2,000 words, then you say, okay, well, I've got 20, 25,000 words now. I've got something here. Right. Um, so if you start and shoot for that, you know, that target and keep shooting for it, then you'll know, okay, I have that, that book idea that... Um, you know, that God's calling me to write. Um, okay, I've got this book idea. I feel like God's given me this subject. I mean, I'm ready to do this book. What do they do? How do they connect uh, with somebody like you? I always say, if I could give anybody one piece of advice, platform is still king. And what that yeah. means is marketing. It's sometimes we don't realize that the the writing and the editing part of it is just a small portion, but the marketing is so important. If you can spend one day a week on just marketing, you're doing really well. So you have to make sure you're building yourself. You have to have a website. The internet's not going away anytime soon. That's right. People know, need to know where to find you. So I always say, start with that. Buy your name as a domain name. Yes. It's $100 a year and start building yourself. Start a blog on it. Write consistently. And then when you write those things, post it to your social media account and then start getting followers from there. Move your traffic to your website um, and then start building that following from there. Build your social media numbers, whether it's Facebook, Snapchat, or guess who in five years, it doesn't matter. Social media is not going away either. And that's where we know where our audience is. And if you want to get traditionally published at some point, Publishers need to know and make sure that you understand where your audience is and how you know how to get to them. So it's always about building that following, building those numbers. It's hard because as Christians, and we believe we need to be humble and we need to not yeah, promote how do ourselves. I myself? But I always say to them, how can people find your message if they don't know where to find you? That's right. You know, you're doing yourself an injustice. And it's, it's not promoting yourself, but it's promoting the message that Jesus has that he wants to bring forth from your life. Michelle, you know, when it comes to blogging, I think that is a fantastic place. Um, it's I started doing that, and I started kind of like, here's what's going on in the day, but I always added a scripture and a lesson because people may or may not always want to hear about just what's going on in our right. lives, but they're like, if it's got to be great content. How do I grow from that? So um, it actually started off me doing my devotions, okay. and then I would write my devotions, and I would add a little blog to it. And I didn't even think people cared to read it. And so one day I was like, I'm just a busy mom. I can't do this. And I remember watching 
walking into a Costco and this lady was like, what you wrote today? Wow. She was, please keep on writing. She was facing some issues with her marriage, something with her child who was a teenager. She said, you're just blessing me. So never think that God hasn't called you with a message. And if you're listening today, I want your faith to be fired up. I want you to be encouraged to know that Michelle's message is different than my message. Um, My message may be to a particular group, but yours is just as important. And we're both in full-time ministry, but God's called everybody. Don't think just because you're not a pastor that you were not called with a message. I think of a great commission. God's called all of us. Thank God. He didn't just have one disciple. He had many. Maybe that's been in your heart. I want to write a book. Here's my idea. The key, I think, is starting. Would you just agree yep. with me on Absolutely. that? Absolutely. You have to start somewhere. You cannot edit a blank page. You can't. You can't. Oh, I love So that. you have to have words on that page. And even if you feel it's terrible, at least it's somewhere to start. That's right. And it's, nobody runs a marathon the first time. You start off small, you make the small goals, you meet those goals, and you move on to another. So even if you can blog once a month, once a week, something like that, keep yourself consistent, start building that following, and you'll see that your numbers will build. There will be results. You know, when I was growing up, uh, my dad was an evangelist, so we were on the streets, and we'd be witnessing, and they had tracks. Do you remember what Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> Maybe you're listening, and you're like, I remember. In fact, I still have one in my kitchen drawer. You know, the junk drawer that never gets clean? <laughs> um, well, this is a way that we have modern-day tracks. When you blog and when you write, That's a really good point. we are putting the gospel into the hands of people. So don't even think like, oh, I don't know a lot of people. Just do it. Step out. You know, the Lord calls us to step out on faith. It's a way that we can evangelize and let people know in regular day language that when you're hurting, there's a God that will lift you up. Let me ask you, Michelle, in your writing, was there ever a time where you wanted to give up? Oh, (laughs) were you there yesterday at my house? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, all the time. I mean, there's always times when you have a bad day, when you think, God, no one's reading what I'm writing. You know, this is pointless. Why am I doing this for? I am a firm believer that part of the joy of heaven will be all the people and the impact that we had. I actually just got an email today from someone who had uh, read a uh, article that I wrote on 30 scriptures to pray over your children. And I wrote it for Crosswalk probably at least six months ago, if not a year ago. And you think all those things, they don't mean anything. And someone just said, oh, by the way, I'm going to use it at my daughter's wedding tomorrow. I yeah, you know, isn't that, crazy? That. isn't that crazy though? But like you think, okay, well that blog post, well, I wrote that a year ago. No one's reading it. Or, you know, I said that one thing, our words matter. You know, you think about the, the biblical importance of words, you know, God spoke and there it was. He was, con- he was considered the word. It's one of his names that he chose for himself mm-hmm. and he chose to speak things into being. And oftentimes he comes storms with words. He did so many with it. Words have power. And when we can have an encouraging word, to someone, whether it's the loss, whether it's uh, you know a, a Christian who's struggling, it doesn't matter. Those words are so powerful, and it could be written word. I mean, we are we're all following a written word, which is the Bible. You know, this is important work that we're doing, and it doesn't matter if one person reads it, ten people read it, a hundred people read it. I always say to people, do the soul work that you need to consider yourself a writer because when you put pen to paper, that's what you are. You are a writer, and it doesn't matter how many if you ever win an award, if you ever get published and you see your book in a bookstore or not, it doesn't matter. When you put pen to paper, you are a writer and that work is so important and it 100% matters. Michelle, that is so empowering. 
And I just feel like maybe even you're listening today and you feel like, well, I don't have what it takes. I got to be honest. I thought that for so long. Well, you know, I wasn't that good in English. I wasn't, you know, and the Lord just surrounded me with people that were able to help my project come to life. You know, Um, I was always good with content and ideas, but my grammar stunk. And sometimes we'll let that kind of hold us back from what God has for us. And I just want to once again, encourage you, you know, if God birthed that, if you have had that spoken over your life, it is not too late. I remember sitting in California and watching my dad's movie come out on the big screen, you know, and here we are in Hollywood. And at 70 years old, he's watching his life story. And I'm sitting actually in the row behind him and just watching my dad watch his story on the big screen. So many times it was promised they would take his book and turn it into a movie, but it was God's time and it was the right time. And for you listening today, I just want you to know God has his right time. Don't try to go ahead of him, but step into those promises. The minute you write you pen your thoughts on paper, you become a writer. Hey, what is your favorite book? Maybe one of your books, somebody else, something that you're like, I read this and this changed my life. Oh, changed my life. Uh, I The first book that comes to my mind is uh, Stormy O'Mardian's, um, oh, Doing Health God's Way. That's an oldie, but a goodie. Like I think it was like in the eighties or nineties or something, but it, there's seven different principles of health that are still as timeless today as they were back when she wrote it. And I just remember wanting to take uh, control of my health back in 2000. And I just prayed and asked God to, to kind of put a book in my hands. And I just happened to find that one. And it was really life-changing for me. So who does not love Stormy or mine? <laughs> she is like the queen of praying over your children, praying over your husband, praying over your marriage. Everything you can pray on, this woman has written about. Um, but speaking about praying, I want to pray for you today. I want to pray for anybody that has this dream or this vision of being a writer or being a speaker, because that is how predominantly we can get out the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. So Michelle, you want to just join me? I am just going to pray over everybody right now. So Lord, I thank you, Lord God, for every listener, Father, that it just needed a moment to just infuse their faith that you have a purpose and a calling. Many of them have thought about being a writer. Many of them have thought about speaking, but for some reason, reason, Lord God, they've been held back. Well, Lord, we just release that faith over their life today. We pray that you would anoint their mind from the top of their head to the bottom of their feet, that words would flow, Lord God, like out of uh, a river right out of their mouth. Lord, words that would transform, Lord God, the, the world and bring them to know you, not for our glory, but that you will be known, Lord God, in the hearts of people that need encouragement, that need direction, and most of all, that need you a God who is consistent, faithful, Lord God. And Father, we just pray, Lord God, that those that are listening, Lord Father, that their hearts would be touched today and they would be encouraged, Lord, that whatever word has been spoken into their life is not void, that those seeds that have been planted will come back fruitful in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for thank being you. here. I know we're going to hear a lot more and we'll be connected through the years. We're going to be doing um, a gathering when this whole COVID thing comes to a stop um, for people that are interested in writing a book or maybe learning how to speak. So I'll have to get you to be a part of that. I would love that. All right, thank you. guys, don't forget that when you put your trust in God, he will fuel your faith. 
If you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, make sure you click below and join us as we grow in God's Word. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Get more at rosalinda.live. If you experience it, we'll examine it. If God's Word says it, we'll stand on it. And when you're feeling faint, we are here with your faith fuel. I'm Rosalinda Rivera. We'll chat again soon. This podcast was brought to you by New Life for Adults and Youth, celebrating 50 years of restoring broken lives. If you or a family member has been struggling with addiction, New Life for Adults and Youth is the answer. Visit them at newlife.center.